0: You are listening to AnswerCast. Hello and welcome to AnswerCast, a series of insightful conversations with leaders who are shaping the new world with their expertise and passion for technology, innovation, customer experience, global business models, marketing, strategy, and much more. Hi, this is Smita Hemige, Head of Marketing, Answer. Today, we are coming to you with our first inaugural episode of AnswerCast, where one can get all your answers. On today's podcast, I have a very special guest, Ashish Grover, CIO of Falabella. Hi, Ashish. Pleasure to have you on today's call.
1: Hi, Smita. So happy to be here and inaugurating it along with you.
0: Thank you so much, Ashish. Before we start, could you briefly introduce yourself as well as Falabella?
1: Sure, Smita. My name is Ashish Grover. I'm working with Falabella, one of the Latin America's leading integrated retailer with operations in seven countries in the region, including Chile, which uh, which is also our headquarters, Peru, Colombia, Argentina, Uruguay, Brazil, and Mexico. We have multiple business units, which includes department stores, home improvement stores, supermarkets, uh, which obviously has an online presence as well, all of them, along with the real estate where we build malls and also financial services where we have our own bank, credit cards, and insurance businesses. I've been working with Falabella for um, about a little over three years. uh, And before that, I have uh, about 20 years of career with retail and other businesses, uh, primarily Focus on uh, last 10 years on our digital transformation and uh, transforming the companies. We are bringing the technology at the core of what we do.
0: Thanks, thanks, Ashish, for this. Before we start today's podcast, I just thought it'll be good for us to quickly introduce the topic. We thought today Ashish and I can talk about uh, looking at anti patterns that can derail digital transformation. Uh, Most organizations globally have embarked on digital transformations program in response to changes in customer, competitive, or regulatory requirement. Technology and digital go hand in hand and have a crucial role in enabling a faster and a flexible approach. In our experience, however, technology does not get sufficient attention on the executive agenda, and at times it can be seen as a serious flaw given the importance of technology in driving successful digital transformations. There can be many reasons for this, but one main culprit that we've often seen or viewed is it's seen as a specialist thing. And more often than not, IT leaders have a hard time communicating about technology in a way that engages non-technologists. We've seen this um, quite frequently. This reality often leads to something called an anti-pattern, an ineffective solution for a problem. And anti-patterns have uh, ramifications back on uh, technology transformation as well so while while we've set context you know and before we start ashish i want to understand and you being a technologist and hugely passionate about agile talk to us about anti-patterns and talk to us about what one should not do when you're embarking on a journey and why choose an anti-pattern approach
1: I think patterns and anti-patterns are a very integral part of how uh, you know we technologists has been um, building systems and thinking about our processes, our methodologies, uh, and architecture. More importantly, all of us as leadership positions or in various other uh, roles in technology or in business sides, we're taking a lot of decisions, right? To make sure you are making always the decisions at least. It's impossible to take all decisions, right decisions, but it is very important to have a framework which kind of helps you ground your decisions to or anchor your decisions to say why you are deciding on certain things, whether it is architecture or whether it is your organization, whether it is processes or whether it's initiatives or it's your investments, right? And these patterns and anti-patterns really... Help you make that framework um, of saying, okay, you know, uh, in this changing world, in this uncertain world, these are some do nots patterns and these are some do patterns. And I think uh, to me, thinking about what you should not do is probably a lot more important than ca- kind of figuring out what is uh, you should do. So giving that framework and that anchoring point is very important, like we do in architecture.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Ashish. You know, from our multiple conversations, we've spoken about three things that you, that you say as anti-patterns we should avoid. And today's conversation that you know, we are having is, is all around uh, those three patterns. And I'll quickly deep dive to the first anti-pattern and something that's, it, which kind of you know, intrigues me. And we know that most organizations invest in building new systems and platforms and the CIO team earlier used to you know build the systems on their own without involving business and business sees technology as an afterthought and it's often seen as the primary focus just for the cio or it's just about building a platform or a system how do you see this i mean and what's the anti pattern in this you know with technology being an afterthought what do you think we should we should do and what do you think we should not do in this case
1: This is one of the biggest anti pattern or biggest change that uh, most of non digital native companies are going through. I mean, I think most of the successful companies have, uh, you know, which have been disrupted by uh, this whole digital transformation and digital native companies have been super successful in the last, um, I would say, 30 40 or even more than 100 years and one of the reasons made them successful was their commercial strategies their business strategies or their investments in real estate and you know inventories and relationships with various sellers and brands brand building and uh, real estate in terms of stores or warehouses or uh, whatnot right and this all uh, got leveled uh, with digital transformation and technology became um, very, very critical and the world has been leveled to, to a different stage where uh, things that uh, seem to be your differentiator are no more your differentiator. I mean, um, you know, and we have um, talked to the length about examples of uh, platformization of, through Ubers and Airbnb and, you know, other such examples. Uh, the fact is, what has fundamentally changed is uh, technology has become the core of what we used to call a business strategy. So technology is business, and business is technology, and it is it stands in the core of it. So the number one anti pattern, as we are discussing, is thinking of uh, a technology as an afterthought and um, you know, thinking of it as kind of a different business unit and uh, different um, roadmap and strategy. And, you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, there is no way uh, you can win in this world where technology and is at the core uh, having that kind of a thought process. At Fallabella, this is one of the big realizations that we had a few years back. And uh, one of the, also the reasons for first Latam company to build office in India We have a very, very diversified team. We have teams in India. We have also teams from multiple countries uh, in our Chilean office. Me as a CIO have a team from uh, Brazil and Colombia and Chile and Argentina and Mexico and, of course, India. And, you know, the most important thing for me as a CIO of the group is to make sure I am not representing in the table uh, how will we make business strategy work or how I'll be the enabler for the business strategy. In fact, I see myself as uh, the one who's building the strategy along with my commercial peers and CEOs of various companies. And I think that is the fundamental change that we need to bring across the board. And that's how you know business is going to be successful. You think about retail business or financial business, and uh, I would be surprised if somebody can name one journey or one process, which does not require technology to do really a good job on that.
0: Thanks. Thanks Ashish. And picking from what you're saying, you know, kind of takes me to the next question, you know, with especially non-digital natives, right? Investing so heavily in digital technology to build that gap between them and the digital native incumbents. How do you see digital and analytics in this mix? do they run like, I mean, in most cases, the anti-pattern is that they run like parallel tracks. Uh, So do you see insights powering your system and platforms or do you see them running
1: parallel? Absolutely, Smita. So I have this hypothesis. My hypothesis is if you... Look, last 5, seven, ten years, and depending upon which region you're talking about and which industry you're talking about, some places, this whole digital transformation started much earlier than others, and some regions were ahead of other regions, world over. But what you foundationally see is everyone having a similar type of challenges from a incumbent. The incumbent players having different type of challenges to uh, compete with more digital native companies who were built on this whole uh, concept of uh, agile technologies and evolutionary architectures and things like that. My hypothesis is this, there was suddenly realization that we have a huge digital divide uh, in terms of how do we operate, what types of technologies we use, how fast we can move and so on and so forth, right? And a lot of companies said, okay, you know, this is a time for us to put these new programs and change our technologies. Or adopt agile practices, adopt continuous integration and continuous delivery, You know, move from monolithic to more microservices or uh, become more experimental uh, in the way we do things, et cetera, et cetera. And I think what this has been doing is this has been reducing the gap, what I call a digital divide between traditional business companies where IT was an enabler and IT becoming more central piece of it and accelerating the digital transformation within these companies as relative to digital native companies which were born that way. But the fundamental problem and the hypothesis I was referring to is that, that while this is happening, there is an analytical divide or a, a intelligence what I call broadly, you know taking it from artificial intelligence concept. That divide is increasing. The reason I think that is increasing is these two things, technology and the digital and automation and bringing offline to online is being seen as a separate work and separate operating model and separate initiative compared to building our data capabilities and intelligence capabilities and machine learning capabilities. My point being that while this digital divide is getting reduced, there is an analytics and a intelligence gap is becoming wider. So if all the companies stay on the course they are in, they will uh, cover the digital divide and then they'll realize there is a huge analytics and intelligence gap their systems have. And then it will take another few years for these companies to kind of cover up that uh, gap. And I'm sure it will create different types of other gaps as you go forward. The anti-pattern, uh, going back to your question is, about thinking about intelligence and thinking about more modern way to build your systems, which have intelligence built in, is seen as a separate initiative, separate discussions than the core digital transformation, which is more oriented towards automation and speed. So speed and agility are seen as a separate thing from intelligent systems. And I think uh, if uh, all all of these companies who who were not born as a digital native companies, who are transforming themselves to do that, we have an opportunity to leapfrog uh, some of these changes because we are building these systems where artificial intelligence and machine learning have matured a lot more faster than most of the digital companies when they started their work. So we have actually a unique opportunity to actually build our systems intelligent from day one.
0: Thanks, thanks, Ashish. And I think what we've been able to cover is a lot of what people typically see as misses, right? Uh, Either be it in the form of technology or looking at it from an analytical divide like the way you mentioned. But I see for most organizations which are becoming digital or technology companies, I think talent is is fairly critical. It's also about, and I think having the right engineering culture to ensure that you're able to create transparency and an empowering engineering culture is is fairly critical. How do you see this? Is it just about hiring talent or is it about building the right kind of transparent engineering culture to do both the right kind of technology as well as ensuring that it's got intelligence baked in, which gives you a larger business outcome. How do you see a role of engineering culture playing in all of
1: uh, super, super important, Smita. I think the first two points we talked about, which is more around technology at the core of the strategy and you know, the second point around intelligence baked in into the systems that you're building and evolving, none of this can be done unless and until you're building a culture which is attracting great talent and which is also empowering this talent that you are hiring. 2006 uh, times Person of the year was you. And if you go back and you see that Times, uh, you know, cover page and it said, suddenly each person has become very uh, important, which is why I think, which is the foundation of this whole digital transformation, that whole connectivity and the digital compute powers and devices that it has given. And when married with the power of individuals, that's a very deadly combination. And hence, you see with a lot of social media and how the content is in the hands of people or how smaller startups are able to disrupt uh, big companies. And I think what distinguishes them from others is this whole ability to have right talent, right attitude, right aspiration uh, driven by your purpose. And all that only flourishes when there is a great culture. Uh, you cannot apply a management and leadership principles of an industrial age in the digital age. A uh, lot of our principles that I think lot of leaders kind of use or have been trained on mm-hmm. are coming from an industrial age management principle. Absolutely So given the fact that individuals and expertise is becoming uh, super important and hence you need to have a great talent, I think the question is opposite of that question is why should a great talent work for you? what what is that you need to offer uh, to a great talent that they are inspired and they are motivated to, lead you and i think the leadership role is changing to a more subservient leadership concept i think it requires hiring great talent but more importantly empowering that expertise creating that transparent culture where there is a more clarity of what decisions are being made why they are being made and having a more um, empowered uh, structures where product leaders and tech leader tech leads are taking a lot of decisions based on the overall guardrails that you have set So I think that just focusing on hiring and not focusing on foundationally changing your culture and foundationally changing the way you work is going to be the biggest anti-pattern. And none of this could be achieved if you don't focus on the culture and the leadership principles of the new world.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Ashish. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed talking to you today. And just to recap. What we've spoken today is as more and more organizations look to launch or mature on their digital transformation journey, executives or leadership teams need to constantly look out for or probe for any evidence where the anti-patterns could exist and look at ways in which they could bust them. Otherwise, they could get quickly derailed on their digital journey. Also, I think what has been clearly articulated by Ashish is that As organizations go on this digital journey, uh, I think there needs to be joint ownership by both the business and technology leadership, working very closely together on addressing challenges around digital and technology, while ensuring that you keep a sharp eye out for the analytical gap that, that that can form or which needs to be reduced as you go on this journey. And I think it's also about having the right kind of culture, ensuring that your employees thrive, creating happier employees, giving them opportunities for growth to become better technologists or, uh, you know, where they are empowered to actually uh, be creating greater systems will lead to better customer experience, competitive advantage, as well as business growth. So with that said, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of AnswerCast. We look forward to coming again with another episode soon. And it's been a pleasure talking to you, Ashish, today. And thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Smita, for having me here. It was a great pleasure talking to you. I look forward to listening to other leaders on this series and uh, learning from um, the whole community here. Thank you, Smita.
0: Thank you, Ashish. Thank you for tuning in. Please join us again for an exciting conversation with yet another leader answering the unanswered questions. Follow us on our social channels for the latest updates.